Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then move my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi minute. My guest today is a dear friend. We go back a ways now. And I was never, ever supposed to be buds with him simply because he was a Miami hurricane and my family were all about Notre Dame. He made the quarterback position look like it was a walk in the park as he torched defenses and won practically every elite and coveted college football award imaginable, including the 1992 Heisman Trophy. Please welcome my brother to In a Mississippi Minute, Gino Toretta. Hello, Gino. What's going on, Steve? Where's my, uh, where's my, you need the ovation sound. Can we cut that in later? Oh, no, uh, yeah, the yeah. The crowd going crazy. You know, I, I need to talk to my producer, Will, Will, if you're listening right now. <laughs> This is coming from a pro here. Uh, I actually, Gino actually did. He's uh, still doing. You're still doing touchdown radio, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Doing uh, doing a college football game a week syndicated on national radio. So we, we have uh, we have four games set so far. We got uh, Michigan at Michigan State, Ohio State at Michigan State, and then Texas A&M and LSU at Auburn. So we got we got four set, and uh, we'll probably have the next next game set in probably next month or so but a lot, lot of fun going on the road seeing uh seeing a lot of these college towns that i didn't get to see when i was playing you you uh you actually have visited the campus of Ole miss a couple times is that right i have i have where they redshirt miss america not all americans <laughs> <laughs> i have i have i have seen old miss i have uh had the pleasure of uh a couple games in starkville which were yeah. which were just awesome and uh, yeah. and electric and they got I will say this one of my favorite quarterbacks unfortunately got hurt last year uh, Fitzpatrick coming back so uh, yeah I, I I love that kid athletic you know I saw him as a freshman play against Alabama and he was tougher than nails so uh, yeah they, the future is bright I think for both of those schools let's let's talk for a second real quick about that like so uh, Coach Mullins the thought process I know that Florida was. It just in your mind, uh, I, it seems like to me he had sort of the golden nugget down here. I mean, the stress isn't as much. Uh, he's winning. It like could have ridden off into the sunset and maybe pulled off some some crazy stuff. What I mean, what besides money or is it money that makes a guy leave? That's that's really on a roll. And his best team is actually supposed to be this year coming up. Well, I, I think there's always a financial aspect, but you know these coaches nowadays are making so much money. I don't, I don't think you know it, it, it's going to make a difference one way or the other. I, I disagree 
from the standpoint is there's pressure everywhere. And I, I think if we do recall a couple of years ago, there was some heat on Coach Mullins because I think he went six and six. And, uh, yeah. and the fans were like, what happened? And then, uh, you know, but to get him to a number one ranking in the middle of the year with Dak, and then, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, just based on history, and, and maybe history is wrong, that, that you could win a national championship. But I would say the road to the national championship is a little bit harder in the SEC West than it is in the SEC East. Right. And and I think that, you know, I think it's easier. I would say maybe it's easier to take a team back to a title game, you know, seeing as Florida's already won a couple titles uh, and Mississippi State, you know, hasn't. And, uh, you know, looking from the outside, it's always a grind. I mean, it's a grind everywhere in the SEC, but, you know, they're 80 miles from, from Tuscaloosa. So you're, you're, you're going against a 900-pound gorilla, recruiting gorilla, right. every day. You know, and then for your own kids in the state, you're also going against, you know, Ole Miss, where there's, you know, there's obviously ties, you know, to the to the local community. So I, I think it's just a it's it's a tough place, and to have the success that uh, that he did there, I think that is, is just tremendous. But you know, I think he's he set them up. I think they got a you know they hired a good coach. They still got T Buck on the staff up there, and uh, I, I think they're they're still going to be successful. I went to a game. You know, I get to go to both. Being, being a fighting okra of Delta State, I, which, I, which I'm devoted to, uh, I, I grew up, you know, family going to Ole Miss, Notre Dame, uh, really good friends going to Mississippi State, some going to Southern, uh, some going to Mississippi Valley State. So it was like I had this whole, you know, I've always been sort of a uh, – I can be a fan of all of them, so I sort of pull for the pull for our, our home state teams. You got to you got to throw in for your wife across the bridge over to Arkansas. I got to go Razorbacks too. Razorbacks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, the funny thing about her is she's the least most uh, into it all. You know, like she loves she loves where she went to school. She loves it, but she doesn't go crazy like the rest of her family. So, uh, so at least I don't, you know. I don't hear the I don't hear the hogs called a lot is what I'm saying. <laughs> a little more hotty toddy and a little bit more hell state, so it's kind of well, it's kind of good. Steve, I think that would probably be based on the success of the last few years of those. I think schools. you're right. Two have had some, and, and one had to change their coach. <laughs> <laughs> I love. It. Well, you're right, and so we we do love going to the Grove and spending our time there, and then we do love, like you said, we went to the Alabama State game. I went with John Bond last year and his wife Mary Beth Gwynn and I. And uh, JB and I, so we were uh, obviously in a suite, and we were looking down on the fourth quarter, and everybody had their phones lit, and they were doing a Journey song, Don't Stop Believing. And, I mean, it was electric, as you said. And I was like, wow, man, you know, you go from the Grove all the way to there. I hadn't been to a Southern game in a while, but they obviously seemed to be picking it up and uh, and going well. But, uh, you know, I actually grew up going to see Mississippi Valley State back in the Jerry Rice days. We grew up playing against Willie Totten. Uh, wow. As far as uh, just he was in our conference at Jay Z George, yep. and uh, he was uh, he was a year older or two years I can't remember a year a year older and we couldn't wait for him to leave because um, he was just amazing <laughs> you know but anyway we yeah. uh, it, it's good and it's always cool and of course Walter you know we had Jerry Rice at Valley and Walter at at Jackson State yep. and then we had uh, McNair at, at Alcorn State so a lot of great players have come from. Other schools, you know, that we're not even talking about, which is which is uh, which Mississippi is Mississippi boys. Mississippi boys made good. We're talking to Gino Toretta, 
former Heisman Trophy winner. I want to talk about steak in Mississippi first before we get into adventuring about your life and your success. You and I, I don't know if we have this new argument or not. You obviously have eaten at Doe's in Greenville and the legendary yes, steak lives on. And then you've eaten at Como in yes, Como, Mississippi, have. Como Steakhouse. Uh, give me, give all, me. All, all, let's, let's see. I was hosted by you yep. uh, at, at, at Doe's. Mm-hmm. And then your brother referred me to Como's Steakhouse because uh, we were we hooked up going to one of one of those old Miss games. And he goes, "You have to stop at Como's." Right. And uh, it was both were both were experiences, and uh, they are both awesome. I give the edge to Como's. Oh. I, don't, I don't know why. I, I don't know if if that's the. Uh, the, the cheese squares and the, and the sausages appetizer or, you know, but I, I think it's not a fair comparison evaluation mm-hmm. because, because listen, we were there with what, 50 people in a private room. We were there with 108 and 10 people, 110 people. Okay. Uh, 110 people. So I didn't exactly, I wasn't ordering what I got. Maybe I wanted my steak different, or maybe I did one of the different slab of meat off their menu. I didn't, I, that wasn't, yeah, that we wasn't didn't give you a choice. Exactly. Honor. Yeah, so so I I can't say I went there you know by myself and ordered my own steak, but I would just say good. Well, I would go to either one of them anytime you ask me. I would just give the edge to Como's right now. Okay, all right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have to we're gonna have to probably change all my friends in <laughs> in Como. I love you, but I grew up a Mississippi Delta boy, and uh, you and yeah, Gino. You know, you were just supposed to shut up and eat. See, but, see, but you're, you're you're talking about this. I think your brother Joe's with me. I th- he was with you, but yeah, I just don't get it. I feel tr- betrayed in some sort of a way. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We're talking to Gino Toretti. He's driving to a charity golf event for the Miami Dolphins. Wonderful, wonderful. Speaking of charities, uh, I met Gino at a charity event on the golf course, and I've interviewed Steve Berline already. And uh, Steve and uh, myself and Gino were paired together the first day. That's how we met. And uh, we've been buds ever since. Uh, Gino had a a charity event as well for a number of years and Gino, you know we've been doing the delta soul we're on our seventh year and you said look out for number seven <laughs> I remember. That is awesome. it's a lot of work right and I, now i know what you went through is you put your whole event on and yeah it's it, it's a lot of work and uh you know it, the thing is i've been before but you always have it on my anniversary weekend you i know, know that's kind of hard to get that past the missus It'd be a free. It'd be a free victory, though. I mean, it's, it's all free trip. Everybody's celebrating with you. You could get sick See, of I, us. I will say. I will say this. It was the the first time and only time a commercial aircraft was was held for me on the ground to make the flight down to Greenville, Mississippi. That's what we're talking about. See and that we we flew through Memphis. And I'm, I'm trying to think if it was Delta or if it was still Northwest Airlines at the time. And I think you had 98% of the plane tickets on on the airport. We did. It was, it was all of you guys. <laughs> and I ran through the Memphis airport. I didn't know the plane was being held. I'm running. I'm sweating. Then I see McMahon in the lobby. He's like, hey, kid, about time for you to show up. Let's go. We walked on the plane like it was our own private jet down to Greenville. It was. <laughs> I love it. We're talking to Gino Toretta. You're in a Mississippi Minute. We'll be right back. Head 
head-to-head. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find Head-to-Head Radio. Weekday afternoon, starting at 3, here on Super Talk Mississippi, and now on Amazon Alexa devices. Okay. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. You are in a Mississippi Minute. We're talking to my bud, Heisman Trophy winner, Gino Toretta. We're going to dig into his life rather than all this bogus conversation that we're having because we're just buds. So it's it, this is how we roll. Gino, let's go yes, back sir. to the beginning because I remember you telling me, but I'd love to tell our audience about, I think you said you were a skateboarder, you grew into football. <laughs> when did it all, so you grew up in California, when, when did the football bug bite? And uh, what were you doing before that athletically? I was the youngest of four boys. So there was, uh, I had identical twin brothers that were six years older than me, and my oldest brother was nine years older than me. Two of the three were quarterbacks. Uh, one had to be a, re- one of the twins was a receiver, needed somebody to catch the ball for the other, for the other two, I guess. Um, and played everything growing up, basketball, baseball, football. I was probably better in baseball than, than anything. Uh, but my brothers in the summer all worked on football. So, you know, it was, it was as a kid. You know, come on, go to the field, stand here, and just catch the ball. So they're, you know, they're significantly older than you when you're a kid. I mean, I was burning up my my palms, my my wrists, trying to trying to catch the ball, and and you know, firing it back to them. Never never was you know using one of the, I guess the age approved balls. It was always the uh, you know full size high school college NFL huh. ball, throwing it back to them, and uh, it, it obviously helped. You know, I was a skateboarder. I broke uh, one arm when I was 14. And almost a year to the day, broke the other arm when I was 15, of which my dad said, you get on that thing again, I'm going to saw it in half. So that 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 ended my uh, my, thrasher, my right. thrasher days, if you will. Cause I, and, and trust me, I wasn't really very good at it anyway, else I wouldn't have broke one did you have <laughs> did, you, did you have long hair, California kid? Um, you know, I, I you know when I had more hair, a uh, little curly, so the Toretta's have more of an Afro look. Okay, they go long, so <laughs> like our uh, son's so, track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I didn't go long. I, I had a little bit of the John Daly mullet, you know, back yeah. in the well, back we all early nineties. So yeah. you know, I try. I think I think I tried to. Uh, we're, we're, we're both around the same age. The uh, the tail, remember that one where you cut, yeah. cut your hair in the back and left the middle tail long. Had it all. I think I I think I tried that. I tried a I tried a, a, a flat top. I went uh, I went short for a while during during uh, football season and uh, with the helmet and uh, yeah. So that was that was all fun and uh, no, I loved them all. But, you know, uh, I deny, I deny the, the, uh, the, excuse me, I deny the mullet still to this day. And everybody looks at pictures and go, that's a mullet. I said, not, it, it's not a mullet. So I still sort of. I can't deny because the worst part is I think that was my 1991 team photo, which is always brutal. Like, you know, like you, you, the picture in the programs for college kids, it's literally like after a summer workout, they say, <laughs> put on this, this coat, put on this tie and shirt. And we're going to take your team photo. <laughs> so you're 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 a mess. Well, it was right before it was you know, in, in the end of 1990, I had a full on mullet, and then for some reason they used the same picture for my 92 team photo because I think I skipped 
out on the team photo. So I'm like, ah, I'm not bothering doing that photo. Again. Just take last year. Little did I know that uh, that come to haunt me the rest of my life. Yeah, <laughs> we got a lot of those. They all look like mug shots. I mean, your driver's license never looks good. I mean, you know, they should just make us turn sideways. You know, it's horrible. Yeah. We're talking to Gino yeah. Tretta. All right, okay, so Gino, uh, just the road too. So you, your dad's upset at you. You've had two broken arms in two years. How into football were you at this time? With you know, or sort of were you just starting to buy your way in? Well, uh, I played uh, in seventh grade. Was uh, actually I played. In, excuse me, I played in sixth grade. All right. Uh, contact sports. We won. We won the championship and all that stuff. A little pee wee football. Then the next year, I decided my friend took his two week vacation to Tahoe, and I said, "I'm not playing football because I can't go on this vacation with him." So I didn't <laughs> play. You know, my dad. I, listen, the coach was begging me. My dad was. You know, he wasn't pushing me. He goes, "Listen, you play. You're not quitting." So I didn't. I didn't play. They still wanted me to come back after summer, and I was like, "I don't think that's right for me." So they to, were wanting to train know, in the summer, and you wanted to go on vacation, correct? Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. know, the two days, the old two days. Yeah, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to go to Tahoe and, and pull her out on a boat and yeah. water ski. So I actually didn't play, and uh, really, hmm. I had nothing to do. That was probably the last fall I had off until I was, you know, thirty years old. Um, and you know, I don't know. I mean, I I missed it, but as a kid, I was just like, man, I had a good time on vacation, and you know, it, it was there wasn't enough to do, I think. And then, so obviously, I, I knew I was going to play, right? You know, but you know, listen, I was five four when I went into the ninth grade, and I was had my legs crossed, and I was one of the shortest kids on the, in the football team in in the ninth grade in our football photo team photo. In the baseball photo, I was the second tallest kid, and I was almost 6'2". So let me say, like, that growth spurt, I wasn't exactly the most coordinated guy in the world, especially <laughs> you can probably ask my basketball coach because I just played basketball to stay in shape for uh, for baseball season. Right. So uh, I had a significant growth spurt, and then, you know, from there, I, I really I loved baseball. I really did. And I thought I toyed with going out for a U.M. baseball team, but – we had some guy by the name of Charles Johnson who was a yeah. first-round pick behind the plate, so I don't think I was going to play much there. Yeah. <laughs> Even though the coach wanted me to, he, Coach Frazier wanted me to come out, I go, hey, I just don't want to be a stunt. I want to go and I want to play. You know, I think he would have let me pitch a few innings back in the day, but uh, <laughs> I was a uh, that was back in the old Mike Scott fork, forkball days. So I threw a forkball, a, uh, a a fastball, which was always a screwball because. When you throw a football, you rotate your your uh, wrist down right. inside. So I'd throw a, 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 a basically a screwball in the guys, and uh, no, I loved it. I love baseball, man. I I I, I wish I was better at baseball because I would have played that. If if I had the opportunity for both, I would have went there first. I, I was a catcher growing up as well, and never played anything else ever, ever, ever. My entire life was behind the plate. I begged our coach to let me go in the outfield one game. And the first – he goes, what do you want to do out there? And I, so I said, just put me out in right field. And all of a sudden, right, the ball's going. I had no perception of where that fence was, right? So I'm going to get it. And so I end up – the ball must be, I'd say, 25, 30 feet over the fence. And I'm going to get it. I don't know it. And I hit the fence and the telephone pole, the lights <laughs> on it, and I'm getting knocked out cold. First time, first – 
ever to go anywhere else but catching. I wake up, my mom and dad are over the top of me. <laughs> I just, let me just, tell you, I, let me ask you this. I know for a fact, Little League growing up behind the dish, I, I know you had to hate catching. Because remember how bad the equipment was? That equipment, you, you used to have to wear it for like a decade. <laughs> <laughs> you sure did. <clears throat> I love it. We had, uh, uh, I loved it, man. I just, uh, that was comfortable. You know, it's funny. I real The reason I be- wanted to become a catcher is I wasn't into the short hops at shortstop. That freaked me out. And I said, well, if I'm going to have a short hop, I'm going to have a bunch of gear on. And so that was my escape, and then I really fell in love with the position. That's I, didn't spit, I ate a lot of sunflower I, I, seeds. But the one thing I, I forgot to tell you, a little, little music uh, uh, deal, is so my sixth grade football team, my first year playing, Yep. one of my teammates was named David Armstrong. And his little brother was our water boy, and his name was Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day. <laughs> oh, get out of here. Billy Joe from Green Day. Billy Joe was our water boy. Wow, that's crazy. When I, when I, my, my first year, he went to my, went to high school with me. He was a couple years younger than me. He used to play in the quad. Um, you know, him and still the guys still the guys to this day. But he was, uh, he was, uh, he was the most famous uh, person in our uh, – in our football photo. How, how cool is that to have a Heisman Trophy winner and also the lead singer and founder of, of Green Hall Day? Of Famer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. We're talking to Gino Treader. We ventured off. Okay, so Gino, so keep going. So my junior year of high school, I was playing, I was platooning at wide receiver and at quarterback. That's unbelievable. So I'd, go, I'd, go, I'd go back and forth. I, you know what though? I, I would say this: the time receiver it helped. I learned I learned what the quarterback you know kind of goes through. So I knew I knew his view. Then I was like, you know, as a receiver when you're when you're playing that position, I, I learned what you know what uh, what they go through and and that. And then, uh, but but I always worked on playing quarterback. And so in the mm-hmm. summers I would throw, go to football camps as a, as a quarterback and, and that. And then my my senior year. You know, I played played quarterback. We we had some success, and you know, back then recruiting wasn't uh, as early. You know, the coaches started coming around when we got done. You know, Dennis Erickson recruited me to Washington State. He was at Washington State at the time. Jimmy Johnson uh, recruited me to to Miami because my brother had gone to Miami in '85 and '86, uh, and I and he backed up Testaverde, so they recruited me. Kind of knew, you know, but like I said, I was a hundred and I I wasn't 170 pounds. And and I was just over six two, you know. I was thin. I was a rail. I didn't, if I wasn't getting bigger, there's no way in heck I was I was going to play anywhere. I wanted to go to Stanford, and I had the grades to go to Stanford, and I knew what their degree was worth. And they promptly told me I wasn't good enough to play there. Hmm. So really? uh, when yeah, they did, and <laughs> then Washington Washington State Dennis Erickson offered me. I uh, came on my trip to the University of Miami. It was the ticker tape parade for the 1987 national championship team that beat Oklahoma. Wow. Okay. And so, so Gino, we're, so pause it right there. We're going to take a quick break. We're in a Mississippi minute. We're talking to Heisman Trophy winner among so many other elite college awards. Basically, every one of them. You're in a Mississippi minute. I'm Steve Azar. We'll be right back. It's 
easier than ever to hear Super Talk anywhere. Now you can get Super Talk Mississippi on Amazon Alexa devices. Just go to supertalk.fm slash Alexa to find out more. For news, politics, sports, and the good things happening in Mississippi, the conversation starts here. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I get the ball when the game's on the line. I know what I want. We are listening to Gino Toretta, Heisman Trophy winner. So let me just real quick just go through a list of your awards. You were a two-time national champion in 89 and 91, a Heisman Trophy winner in 92. And in 92, also, you received the Davey O'Brien Award, the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award, the Maxwell Award, the Walter Camp Award, and Consensus All-American. There was nothing left except for best player in Mississippi. So, I mean, that's on Gino. So you're you're taking me through. You needed some humility, and you needed some somebody saying no. I think that helps drive a guy, you know. So especially if you ever get a chance to play that team, you want to destroy them. And I think you did the right thing by going to a team that was really, just really the team that you was that you had to beat to get to the to to win a national championship, which was the Miami Hurricanes at this time. So yeah, continue on to your uh, journey here. Your your journey in Stanford said no. Uh, what made you decide to go to uh, Miami versus Washington State? You know, I came to Miami, ticker tape parade, 87 national championship team. And, you know, as a kid, you're watching, I mean, an entire city, you know, celebrate a college football team. Now, when I, you know, growing up, I grew up in the Bay Area, just outside of San Francisco. You know, college football, Cal and Stanford, they were battling for the bottom of the, of the Pac-10 every year. Mm-hmm. They weren't battling for a national championship. And I just, I, I literally, I was like, I don't care if I play. I want a chance to win a national championship. And that was that was really my attitude. I, I, I was like, listen, if I can't go to Stanford and, and get that degree, wherever I go, I'm going to get a good education. I'll get my degree. But, man, why would I not take the opportunity to have a chance to, to win a championship and, and have a ticker tape parade just to be on that team? Right. right. And, uh you know, and, and obviously, you know, I decided to come here, and and you know, I, I can remember Daniel Stubbs. He was an All-American defensive end for us. He had one of the deepest voices, and he put his armor on me. And this was kind of the recruiting pitch back then. He put his armor on me at some fraternity party, and he goes, you know, and he knew my he knew my older brother, and he goes, you can either come here, win with us, go somewhere else, get beat by us. <laughs> <laughs> and he walked away. That was that was the recruiting pitch, and I was like. Man, that dude, I'm scared to death of him. I, I don't want to be on the same team as him. <laughs> it's good to see some legal uh, recruiting going on. This is good. Good. But, yeah, that, I don't know. That's, I don't think that's illegal. No, I think that was good. You were going to kick your butt if you go somewhere else. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I came to Miami and, uh, you know, had a little bit of early success. Uh, Craig Erickson, my second year when I was a registered freshman, broke his hand and the fourth game of the year, and I started four games that year in our 80-89 national championship team. Broke the school record for passing my second start. As a 19-year-old kid, you just beat Cozar, Testaverde, Jim Kelly, Walsh, every All guy of them. with the I know this. record. <clears throat> Man, I, I, I thought that my you-know-what didn't stink. Right. Well, did, was, coach, was, so did the coach feel threatened a little? I mean, like not threatened. Did he, was he tempted to keep you going, keep you in if you were this hot? Listen, Craig was hurt. So, you know, I was starting. 
two starts later, I promptly threw four interceptions on the road against Florida State in the first half, and we lost 24-10. And that 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 ended my hot right right so ended your hot streak. <laughs> um, yeah, so so I was I was back to the bench when when Craig got healthy. That yeah. that was the humility I think uh, obviously you need then. But it also taught me because man maybe 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 now you know with this graduate transfer thing and all that stuff I don't know I was I, I thought about leaving right and and the reason I thought about leaving I'm like listen I'll have to sit here after my freshman year but I'm like going I can play. I'm right. like, hell, if, if you can't take game tape at, at University of Miami and to go anywhere to some else. other school. Right. But here's the thing. My two choices coming out of uh, high school, I was down to Miami and I was down to Washington State. Washington State's head coach was now coaching me at Miami. Yeah. I, I didn't know who to call. I had no, I had no, you know, wow. you don't have an agent. You don't have anybody. I'm like, going, but if I had somebody where I could have called, like a coach that recruited me that said, hey, if you still want to come here, Nobody else offered me. Yeah, your whole life, your right. whole life's path would have been changed, and that was good that it didn't happen. We're talking to Gino Toretta, Heisman Trophy winner, 1992, among every other elite award he received. Gino, I want to take you back to 1989. Uh, I was getting married on the Notre Dame Miami game night. It was at night, and and I remember my brothers wearing. Our fall, our- Weddings illegal in Mississippi. We were in Arkansas, so we were good, and so, so we were we slipped over the border, and we were getting married, and uh, my brothers were wearing the headphones. Back then, you didn't have like earplugs; you had those foamy headplugs, uh, earplugs. So they're walking down the aisle with their Walkmans on, and you could see them flinching the whole my our whole wedding because you guys are. Ki- I mean, it was a blowout, right? And they were just so disgusted. Yeah, they were so disgusted that we had the wedding that night, first of all, and uh, I had to survive that, but uh, I appreciate you. uh, You know, sometimes my brothers need a little humility, and my dad as well, so it was good. So we got married, and it's it's worked out. It's been wonderful, but uh, that night was – we didn't have a good start to the the Irish, uh, you know, tradition. Okay, so we're – We have have taught a lot of Notre Dame people – Obviously, that competition. Tim Tim Brown's best story is when he came down as a freshman, and he went over to the coach, and he's like, "Coach, you hear what they're calling me on the field?" And he's like, "Grow up, son. I'll call you that the rest of your life." And he's like, "At that point, I knew I had to grow up, and it wasn't high school anymore." <laughs> okay, so so tell me about the whole. Let's talk about that. The Catholics versus the con. Where did the convict thing? You know, I saw the uh, the ESPN special on it. And um, it's so almost like y'all took on this role that, and this was before you got there, correct? Uh, no, that was that was well. I would say this: the fight. So my brother Jeff was the one that threw the last touchdown, or maybe two touchdowns. No, I think it was one touchdown when when we beat Jerry Faust fifty-six to ten. Right. And we obviously caught grief for that. He caught grief, and Jimmy Johnson always said, "Hey, if you're going to blitz my quarterback, we're at Miami. We throw the ball." Right. And that's what. Notre Dame didn't stop blitzing, so my brother kept throwing the ball. So that that added, and then and then we had a little little scuffle here and there. I think running in and out of the tunnel uh, at Notre Dame, but I can remember in in '89 when they came out with that shirt. But I can remember the first time I saw the shirt uh, back in the Hex Center where we worked out. I, I don't know who had it or somebody was selling the shirt on our campus or whatever. I go, oh, that's kind of cool. I said, I got to get one of those. I'm Catholic. We had more Catholics on our team than they had Catholics on their team. Right. <laughs> and, then, and then I wasn't even, you know, I'm like sitting there kind of thinking because, 
you know, it was orange and green. Well, I wasn't even, you know, I was like, all right, those are both our colors. Right. You know, we're orange and green. I didn't realize that we were the convicts. Come on. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm, yeah. not, I'm not a convict. And that, <laughs> this isn't how a Catholic should act. You know, you shouldn't yeah. be putting this on a shirt and yeah. showing it. So, but <laughs> so that was funny. that was kind of the first time I remember that. And then, and then obviously, I mean, it was just phenomenal games. Uh, you know, it was, you know, I, I, in '90 we ended up losing to to Notre Dame up there where Rocket Ismail <clears throat> might right. still be the fastest person I've ever seen on a on a field returning a kick, and he was making guys that I knew run four three look like they were running in sand. Unbelievable! Um, does, it, does the it, speed it was, pick up? It, Gino, this, when, a, when a kid's getting chased rather than just running a forty, you know what I mean, like getting timed. When you're when you're in game mode, do does do you feel like the speed actually uh, increases? I don't think it increases. It has to decrease just from the pads and the weight on you, and that's why it was amazing because he just looked like he was running a, a hundred yard dash on uh, on the track, you know. Man. And then and then guys that I knew, I was like, man, they're not gaining ground on them, and they have angles. Right and yeah, it was it was to me it was amazing. I will say that was the worst field in my five years of college I've ever played on in my life. They had like some fungus in the grass. Yeah, Lou Holtz grew the grass. Yeah, he grew it, like it so it slowed things high. down. Right, probably yeah, it had was like to a foot high. Yeah, slowed us down. Yeah, us that's what I mean. <laughs> Smart. Hey, that's part of the deal. You're on the. Hey, that's called home field advantage. Somebody's got to have yeah. it. Hey, so yeah, Gino, something, something like that. So all right, so. The big Notre Dame rivalry was that was that one of the ones you look forward to the most. What was the biggest game that you look forward to every year, or was it in Florida well, I, State rival? I think it was Notre Dame. I think it was Florida State. Listen, Jimmy Johnson was very wise, and we were independent, so our only road to a national championship we had to have marquee games, and we had to play teams like that. And when you're not in the conference and forced to play them, that, that you know you had to go you know on the road plan. So we play Oklahoma. You know, we played Notre Dame. We played Florida State. That was the only one we played every year. We played Florida. But those were the games that was usually and, – and, and that was, I mean, really the Miami-Jimmy Johnson era. That was like – and those Notre Dame, that was when college football just started being everywhere on, on, on national TV. Because mm-hmm. way back when, you could only be – you could only be on TV, I think it was five times in, a, in the course of a season. And, you know, Jimmy Johnson was like, all right, then we need five marquee matchups uh, against big-time teams. It was, it was a whole different, yeah, whole different week of preparation any time we had those games. Talking to Gino Toretta, the great Gino Toretta, one of the greatest college careers in history, if not the greatest. Gino, you get to play DJ right now. I know how much you love music, and we'll take us into the break. We are the birthplace, Mississippi, that is, of American music, and we celebrate the heck out of it. So would you like to hear a little Albert King or a little Faith Hill? Faith Hill. What about Steve Azar? I love that. I want to hear a little riding on the fast track. Okay, you want to hear going to beat the devil to see my angel tonight for your daughter. For yes, Aria, who on. loves it. All right, forget them. They're out. We're going to hear a little. Uh, Will, if you could crank up a little Going to Beat the Devil to see my angel tonight and play the Delta Mix off Delta Soul Volume 1, that would be my choice. You're in a Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar with Gino Toretta. We'll be right back. Yeah, I'm going to be the devil to see my angel tonight. Hey. 
Head to Head with Matt Wyatt and Richard Cross. Number one, number one. For the very best in sports. Weekday afternoons, 3 to 6, on Super Talk Mississippi. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar with Gino Toretta, Heisman Trophy winner 1992, among all the other great awards. He won them all. He took them home, and uh, probably they're in his closet somewhere because he's been in a renovation. Uh, or he's in storage. They're, they're at Mama's house. They're at Mama's house in California. Yeah, Mama deserves. <laughs> Mama definitely deserves them. She, she wants to get rid of them. She's like, "Can I send them to you when your yeah. new house is done?" I'm like, "No, what's wrong with where they're at?" <laughs> that is so funny. That's too funny. Well, the uh, there's a lot of them, and uh, that's amazing. So your senior year, um, preseason All American, is that right? Are we? Are you? Uh, I would say the one goal that I did not attain while I was at the University of Miami, was Playboy preseason All-American. Yeah. <laughs> Were you on the cover? <laughs> no, I wasn't. I, that was the only All-American team. Well, I wasn't. So so preseason, there was either Shane Matthews, Rick Meyer, Notre Dame. Uh, I was not preseason All-American. And I was very disappointed because one of my teammates did get to go to a Playboy mansion. Rusty Madaris, one of our stud defensive ends, so he got to go, and I didn't. That's guys better for you. So you didn't need to go there. You'd, you may have never came out. You may have been stuck there. So, all right. So you're you're not preseason anything. As the year starts going on, I mean, this is your first year to really play the whole year, correct? No, second. No, second. second. Yeah, that's 90, right. Eighty nine. Ninety one. We won it all. It's weird. We had a great. We won the national championship in '91. We, we that's right. We split it with. Uh, we split it with uh, Washington. We beat uh, Nebraska twenty-two to nothing. No, the, Alabama got goal. you the next year. Yes. All right. So Gino, the Heisman Trophy. To win the Heisman Trophy, that feeling of getting your name announced. You'd already won how many awards before that? The Johnny Unitas was before. All these other awards were before the Heisman, right? Yes. Yeah, so the Heisman. Won all the all the other players of the year, the Maxwell, the Walter Camp. Um, no, I had I, obviously when you win the Walter Camp, I think ninety nine percent of the people had won the you know that they won the you know the Heisman, so I felt that a good chance. But you don't know. Um, and crazy story, I was in Louisville the night before meeting Johnny Unitas, winning the getting the Johnny Unitas Award at that dinner, and there was an ice storm in New York, so they had said you're not getting there for the for the Heisman announcement on TV. That was back when it was on NBC. OJ Simpson was was one of the hosts. And uh, I'm like, okay. So I went to bed and, and got woke up about four in the morning. And they said, Newark Airport's open. You got to go. I'm like, all right, whatever. So planes, trains, automobiles. I make it to New York. Six inches of ice all over the cars in Manhattan. It was it was awful. It was a nightmare. I mean, <laughs> you've, you've been in New York. It's a yeah. nightmare if there's any weather at all getting around. The That's city. why it's not a New York. This yeah. show's not a New York minute. It's a Mississippi minute. That's the whole point. Exactly. <laughs> get get into get into the old downtown athletic club. They're like, you got to shower quick and and put your suit on, and and you know it's it's game time. So I run in there, take a shower. <laughs> this building was built in 1925. There's not a drop of hot water. The <laughs> boiler room didn't work. It was it was freezing. I mean, freezing cold water. So it was like run in front of it. You know, rinse the soap off, rinse it, rinse it all, wake up, go down, suit and tie. And it's after the Dolphins-Bills game in the snow. 
is the announcement, and the game goes overtime. So think about that. You're about to hear the biggest announcement of your life. And you have to wait. And it goes <laughs> and it goes overtime, and you're sitting up there on the stage, and this is when I realized, so I'm, I'm, I'm suit and tie. Now, I had some lucky socks, and the only reason I had lucky socks was, as a freshman, I did not have dress socks. And I had to run to, or I didn't have dress shoes either for my first road trip. So I had to run to the to the mall, hard to find size 13 dress shoes on a shirt. Right. Notice. <laughs> Bought the only pair I had, came back, didn't have socks. I'm like, damn. So I put on my white pants, you know, with, with, with you know, barely up out of the shoe. And I wore white pants. That was the first game I got to play in when Craig Erickson broke his hand. We won the game in Michigan State. And since then, I always wore white socks. So I wore white pads. And I'm sitting up there on stage and sitting on a dais. Everybody can see my socks. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, my God, you can see my socks on TV. I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> and, and, I mean, so it was hilarious. So then I was like, I would get socks. After that, I got dress socks in the mail. Yeah, it was like here you need some dress socks, <laughs> but it was I, I went with my lucky socks. No, that's proved to uh, work. You didn't include that in your speech when you won. You didn't think about the lucky socks after no, that. No, I was I was horrified that people could see it on TV, and I sat up there for an hour and saw these people in like suits and ties, and they're like, "What the heck is wrong with this kid? He's got he's got a nice suit on. His mom just bought it, and I got you know two dollars." $2 white pet socks from Costco. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Gino, so let's jump into, uh, just before we go, just Aria, your daughter, is a swimmer. We talked about our boy Steve Lundquist. He's, you got, we got a gold, couple gold medals and how many world championships and world records that boy broke. Has he been, has he been uh, helpful? He, he has. A, and, you know, I should have listened to him before when he said, don't let her swim. The 5.30 a.m. workout yeah, at 13 no, no, no. years old. I, I like the let, let's play the traditional sport we practice right after right after school so uh it's uh it's a lot i love you i appreciate you taking the time you have been in a mississippi minute with the great gino toretta uh gino go low today and blessings my brother thank you Steve. all right ciao i'm steve azar in a mississippi minute all 60 of them where you can take your sweet time Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.